to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. For those of you who somehow managed to follow this series of the kingdom, I'm using the word somehow because we've had a lot of interruptions, godly interruptions. Um, It's been okay because even when you go to school, it's not every lesson that you learn geography. But you're still expected to remember where you left off from. But for, for purposes of a recap, we talked about the kingdom of heaven, we defined heaven, we talked about what heaven is, then we talked about what a kingdom is. And then we began to explain how it began and how it spread through some of the parables that Jesus used. Praise God. And the last time we were talking about the kingdom, we introduced a topic called the glorious liberty of the saints. The glorious liberty of the saints. And just for purposes of a recap, give me Romans chapter number 8, verse 19 to 21. The Bible says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Next verse. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Uh Because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Somebody say, glorious liberty. Say it one more time. Glorious liberty. And this is what God has set for us in his kingdom. Glorious liberty. Having said that, let's go into today's journey. I began to talk about a few things last time, but... I really want us to get this. If you're going to understand the message of the kingdom well, you're going to have to understand 
the ministry of deliverance. Somebody say deliverance. deliverance. Say one more time. So today's sermon is entitled The Ministry of Deliverance. The Ministry of Deliverance. Matthew 12 verse 28. Matthew 12 verse 28. Jesus tells us something interesting about the kingdom of God. He says, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God... Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Imagine that. He's telling us that how you know the kingdom of God has come. Watch the way I'll cast out devils. Why? Because when a kingdom is taking over another territory, they must chase away anyone else who's trying to dominate it. And you can see this even in Matthew chapter number. In Mark chapter number 16, and when you read verse 17, Mark 16 and verse 17, it says, These signs will follow those who believe. What's the first sign? In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. So you're already seeing that the message of the kingdom and the ministry of deliverance go hand in hand. And so that's the first aspect I want to introduce you to in terms of glorious liberty, the ministry of deliverance. Somebody say the ministry of deliverance. I remember some years ago, um, there's someone, they allow me to say this story. They're part of us now, it's now a testimony. And so somebody posted on their Facebook saying, I hate God. And I responded saying, um, why? And they had all these answers. And I replied saying, can we meet in person? So they said they were in another town. I said, I'll send you the transport. And for sure I did. They came the next day and we sat together in the living room. And there were a few people around, I think Christina and her team. And we began talking. I said, why do you hate God? And I could see the anger on the face. And the person being female was manifesting all attributes of a male in terms of everything. Then I heard the Holy Spirit say, cast it out. Like the famous psalmist in the movie once said, I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and I said, let me pray for you. And I laid hands. The team that I was with, they were still growing. One or two of them may have wanted to run away because it became ferocious in the room. The moment we were done, the person changed. I, I'm not joking. The person changed. So like, um, as in they changed completely. We had invaded the territory. 
I can tell you story after story. I remember I was a pastor and they brought someone home who had lost their memory two weeks before. It was bad. When we asked, all they could remember is they were seated and then they saw a woman like, you know, untying something and their memory was going with it. So when they went to the hospital, they told them to go for prayers. So, because those, and so they, they came and by the time we were done with the session, the memory was back. Like I said, I can tell you story after story, but one thing I'll tell you is that the message of the kingdom will always bring about the ministry of deliverance. That's why you'll find that people who are commonly called evangelists in their crusades, the biggest things that happen is there's a lot of deliverance. Why? Because the message of the kingdom is being introduced. And I want us to understand this so that you understand, notice creation is waiting to enter the glorious liberty of the saints. What is this glorious liberty of the saints? So, let's, let's look at it from scratch. Luke chapter number 4 and verse 18. This is Jesus giving us not just his sermon, but his assignment. Why am I saying his assignment? Because when you read the book of Acts and you start from uh, chapter 1, Luke says, I wrote to you about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So Jesus did not just teach, he also did. So when you read the scriptures, there are what are called the teachings of Jesus and then there are also what are called the doings of Jesus. And so in this verse, we see what he came to not just teach, but to do. And he even tells us what he came to preach, and then he shows us what he came to do. So observe this. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I had posted something recently, and so somebody challenges me. And says, I don't like the problem with you guys is that you're always preaching good news. I asked what else you wanted me to preach. That's what I've been anointed for. That's what I've been anointed for. The world is full of bad news every day. Jesus made the message clear. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the next verse is very clear. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him the world may be saved. Also, it just means they have not followed our teachings because we actually teach how to live right. But before Jesus said, go and sin no more, he first said, I do not condemn you. That was the first thing he actually said. He didn't stone her first. So he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And let me encourage us, because all of us must preach the gospel everywhere. Preach the good news. Preach the good news. 
And it says, he has sent me. Now notice, what you see next is his doings. He says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So, that's part of Jesus' ministry. Healing the brokenhearted. So Jesus knew there are a lot of broken hearts. He's, and he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So dear brothers and sisters, don't go and increase the ministry of Jesus. Like, don't go multiply it. Okay? Giving Jesus more work. Okay, so it says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And it says to proclaim liberty to the captives. So, if anyone is in captivity, what does he do? He proclaims liberty. And recovery of sight to the blind. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's, I think that should be Second Corinthians 4.2, right? And then it says to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Can I see it from the King James Version? I want us to understand this well. From the King James He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. So if somebody came to Jesus today and said, Jesus, I'm addicted to this, what message do you think Jesus would preach? If somebody came to Jesus today and said, Jesus, I was born with all these sicknesses. What, messages, what message do you think you would preach? If someone came and as a result of their, sometimes it's even just, they even know it's as a result of their bad decisions. They found themselves in crazy things and their heart and mind is messed up and they came before him. What message do you think he would preach? What do you think he would say? Think about it. Jesus was preaching at a time when there was no one born again. But what message did he preach? Remember, God was always desiring that all men should be saved and should come to the knowledge of truth. So there is what is called the ministry of deliverance. And we see some key words there that I want us just to have an understanding of. There are words such as... um, Let me just define a few. Captivity. When someone is captive, it means they are confined. They are confined. There are words such as bondage. When someone is in bondage, it means they are a slave. So, what some people define as, this is just my weakness, may not really be a weakness. Because the Bible tells us to be slaves to righteousness. And if you continuously continue in habitual sin and in that sense you are living as a slave to it it's like it can tell you what to do it can just wake up and say (laughs) but there is the glorious liberty of the saints just hold on we are going we are going somewhere there is the word oppressed when someone is oppressed it means another person is using power to make them suffer. I don't know if you get my point. So, oppression. Um, what example can I give you? 
Let me show you a certain scripture. Can we go to Luke? Somebody say glory to God. Say it one more time. And let's go to chapter 13. And I want us to see from verse, maybe we'll start from verse 10 somewhere there. Luke chapter 13 and from verse 10 somewhere there. Did I just say somewhere there? <laughs> okay. Uh, do I have it? Am I the one who removed it? Okay. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Let me show you something about that. Now, Luke was a physician. That's why you observe that of the four Gospels, Luke, Luke's Gospel is very meticulous, so to say, right? It's, it's the one which describes the human side quite intensely. It's in Luke's gospel that you see that Jesus sweated blood, which is a very high level of stress. And you observe that Luke would pay attention to detail. Now, for Luke, who was a physician, to say this was a spirit of infirmity, it means this. This lady could have gone to the hospital with another lady and they could have been diagnosed with the same thing. And there could be a medical name for both of them. But one of them you find is a virus. The other one is a spirit. So you find the medicine is just not working. So she was bound by a spirit of infirmity. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is not your portion. Just wait as we go on, you'll realize that for us, what's our portion? The glorious liberty. Creation is waiting to be in our liberty. But let's read on. But if there's anyone in this place who's had trouble, we'll help you. Okay? And it says she could in no way raise herself up. There's probably a medical condition for that. That's some form of scurriosis. But when Jesus called her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. Can you imagine that session? <laughs> Said woman. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So notice, in this scripture, observe that he dealt with the spirit and then dealt with the body. Let's go on. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, not on the Sabbath. Like, what's his problem now? Imagine. And that's why you must be careful. I was, I was talking to my wife yesterday. I was telling her, even if I don't agree with the pastor, I can never watch an exposed video. The spirit behind the people who make that stuff. I don't want it. I can't. I don't. I don't. Most of them are, are, are making that stuff out of bitterness and they're polluted. I can't do that. 
The Pharisee spirit will see Jesus walking on water and say he just can't swim. They're busy working on water. The fish are dying because his tropicals are releasing germs into the water. I'm telling you. I've had people come to me and say, I can't listen to you because you're young. I'm like all these old preachers and you can't listen to them. The problem is clearly you. <laughs> How they get him? They're preachers of every age. Apostle Guti just turned 98. Listen to him then. I don't know if they're getting my point. Others will come just because you work miracles. Doesn't mean God is with you. Just because you don't work miracles. I said, it's so... You, you have to be careful. In John 3, Nicodemus said, We know that you are the teacher sent from God. For no one can do these works unless God is with them. So, be careful with the Pharisee spirit. Hey, these tongues you keep speaking. My friend, they work. <laughs> Hey, you're busy speaking, we don't understand you. That's the point. You, you think I want you to know my business. <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay, let's go on. Okay, that was a commercial break. I was, I was, in my head, I was still with the Zion kids. So, <laughs> and then let's look at the next verse. Then the Lord answered and said, hypocrite. The Greek word for hypocrite, I don't remember it, but I know what it means. I was going to make one hypocrisy. The Greek word for hypocrite actually means actor. It means if someone's a hypocrite, then it's lights, camera. Okay, is everyone watching me? Is everyone, is everyone watching me? Okay, let me worship. Action. <laughs> That's hypocrite. So they hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the store and lead it away to water it? Now, not these words. He says, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years? So, it means Jesus even knew when that oppression started. It was so specific. There was a specific moment when that oppression came. Since we've got a world to liberate. I'll never forget going somewhere to pray for someone. And she tells me that she was just walking and she stepped somewhere and her foot got broken. Her sister came to nurse her and her right foot got broken. I said, ah, no. I'm not here. I said, we're not going to allow this anymore. Jesus was like, he even said, think of it. Praise God. So that's something that I wanted us to recognize. There's another word I would want us to recognize as well, which is commonly used, is the word stronghold. The word stronghold. Second Corinthians 10 verse 5. One of my desires is to have a well-taught church. By that I mean nothing should confuse you. Shouldn't go anywhere and somebody confuses you because they've just used words. Find you go for a prayer meeting and someone will tell you there are strongholds in the sky. <laughs> Let's bring them all down. Can we start from verse 4, please? Give me verse 4. And he says, Yeah, verse 4.
Okay, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. And we're shown something here for the pulling down of strongholds. You know, uh, away from this, there's someone who they own a place. They, they, there's some business that they do there. So they contacted me this week because the worker found someone had brought a charm and put it there, probably to like slow down their business. I laughed. I was so excited. I changed where I was supposed to go. I went there. <laughs> it, was, it was exciting. Holy Ghost fire. This is some car. <laughs> Do they know the weapons of our warfare? That's why we warn people, look, if, if they want to slander us, say all sorts of things, that's okay. Not where you, someone tries to bewitch. Someone shouldn't try to take this in the spiritual room. Our weapons that side. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> now, we are told the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, let me show you how strongholds are described. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, strongholds are fortified grounds which are difficult to break into. Fortified grounds which are difficult to break into. You can have a godly one, but for now... I'll focus on the other type. And this usually is a mindset. It can be as a result of upbringing or an experience. And demonic strongholds can provide a, a safe hub for demonic activity. So they'll manifest as a pattern. Like there's just a way a person sees things. And you can't talk them out of it. Now we're being told we've got the weapons of our warfare are mighty to put down strongholds. That's why we can be preaching the gospel the way we're preaching it right now. And something is shaping in the mind. Something is changing in the mind. Praise God. Somebody say glory to God. Do you feel like saying it one more time? The way I'm taking my time, as though I've got time. Today we'll just end on definitions. Now, what about the word deliverance? What does deliverance mean? What does deliverance mean? Deliverance is the action of being rescued or set free. So being rescued or set free. So if somebody was in captivity, someone was in bondage, somebody was in prison in their mind, in prison in their heart, somebody was bewitched, somebody was cursed, what happens? They're set free. They're rescued from that. Another definition of deliverance, which is my favorite. It's been transferred from an undesirable place to a desirable one. I'll say it again. Being transferred from an undesirable place to a desirable one. So if I send a package to Livingston, 
At that moment, I don't desire for that package to be in Livingston. I de- sorry, to be in Osaka. I desire for it to be in Livingston. So it to be delivered from this place to the other place. It to be delivered from Osaka to Livingston. That's deliverance. There are other words that are synonymous with the word deliverance. One of them is liberation. And this is the act of setting someone free from slavery, from imprisonment, and from oppression. I'll give you another one. Freedom. This is my favorite. This is the power and the right to act, speak, and think as one wants. What do I mean? Do you remember when the Apostle Paul defines and describes the man of the world? Can I show it to you? Romans chapter 7. Let me just show you this. There could be somebody who is in this position. Somebody say glory to God. Say it one more time. I want you to see verse 17. And we'll go down. I just want you to see how Paul describes the man of the world. He says, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the will, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. There could be somebody in here. You are really willing. You really want to do the right thing. You really want to follow the right principles. But how to do it? And then he says, for the good that I would to do, I do not do. Then the evil that I do not want to do, that I do. Now, if I do what I will not, that I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present in me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. What he's simply saying there is, when I see it's written, do not touch, that's where I want to touch. When I see it's written, do not cross over this grass, that's exactly where I want to go. When I see it's written, don't paint on the wall, there I am with my paint. Like, that's the first thing that comes to me. Then he says, O wretched man that I am, notice the words, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Then guess what? Then we're taken to chapter 8. In chapter 8, verse 1. Notice the transition. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And the next verse says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Observe that word, free. Meaning now you can do what you want to do. You can actually follow the right path. You can live a godly life. You can live a principled life. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's where the argument continues. You can be free from that pornography. Listen, you can be free from that addiction. You can be free from that bitterness. 
you can be free today. You can be free from those negative thoughts. You can be free from those suicide thoughts. You can be free from that oppression. This is the gospel that Jesus Christ came to make men free. You can be free from your destiny being controlled by the words of men. Where men say you will not make it. It's not. It, it, how many do you think spoke about Joseph? How many do you think spoke about Jesus? You can be free from that. You can be free from, the, from where Satan uses his weapons, whether it's witchcraft, whether it's what. You can be free from that. No. Your life should not be cut short because somebody died a goat. You, bought by the blood of Jesus versus a goat. A goat. Me, the temple of God. It's like somebody dying a goat and saying heaven will fall today. There will be a crisis in heaven. Do they know we are citizens of heaven? I, 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 we are going somewhere. There is another word I like. It's called sovereignty. It's another word synonymous with deliverance. Do you know what it means? It means being uninfluenced. <laughs> Where you are uninfluenced, what does that mean? It means the powers of darkness can't influence you. The worldly systems can't influence you. You can't be peer pressured. You're the one who pressures the peers. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's getting my point. No, you're at work, or I don't know, you're somewhere, so somebody put something in your soup, so you should fall in love with uninfluenced. <laughs> It becomes spice. <laughs> hey! Hey! Listen, the message of deliverance is a message of freedom. It's a message of liberty. It's, it's, it's the glorious liberty of the saints. And Jesus came to set captives free. With all that in mind, now let's read this verse which we read last time. And this time let's read it with all that in mind. Colossians chapter 1. Someone may be here listening and saying, Apostle, you don't know the family I've come from. You don't know the things I've seen live with my eyes. You don't know the mysteries. You don't know the things I've heard. You don't know the things that have been done to me. You don't know the marks that have been put on my body. You don't know the you don't know the places I was taken to for dedication. You don't know A, B, C, D. I may be looking like this, but you, you don't know what's in the background. Listen to me. I preached one time when we were doing our establishment class. How many of you remember that message? I said, is there no good news? Are you telling me that Jesus came to bring good news to, to only to people who came from the proper families? 
I tell me, Jesus came to bring good news only to people who were brought up nicely in Sunday school and they went to a convent school and from there they just loved the Lord. Ah, then the Bible says that the doctor has actually come for the ones who are not well. Is there no good news for them? I came to bring you the good news. That what Jesus, when Jesus said it is finished, he knew what he was talking about. Now let's read Colossians 1 verse 12. And we'll read it from the King James. And verse 13. Remember the definitions. Remember the transference. Remember all that stuff. Giving thanks to the Father. So if today they sat you down and reminded you and said, look, be careful when you are young. We did ABCD to you. That for you should be a reason to give thanks. You're like, what? God, you got me from that. And if you've read in the scriptures, the cure to the spirit of heaviness is the garment of praise. It's the garment of praise. That's the cure. You'd be like, what? God, that's where you took me from. If someone comes to you and says, you're preaching today, you're busy sharing flyers, weren't we together just... Weren't we doing ABCD? That should be a reason for you to actually give thanks to God. Like, wow. God, you're going. And then you tell them, you guys never attended the funeral and resurrection service. Eh? <laughs> like that one died. And at the end of the day, I'm so glad we don't have to prove ourselves to the world. So it says, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13 together. One, two, three, go. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So, he... you know what? Can you read it again? This time, read it with everything I've just taught in mind. One, two, three, go. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Giving thanks to the Father. He has delivered us. He's rescued us. And then he's translated us. That's something he already did. That happened at the cross. Final scriptures, quickly. Colossians 2 verse 14. It says, Having wiped out the handwriting. Let's read it. Verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. That was against us. Are we there? Colossians 2.14. Which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Those things were nailed to the cross. Next verse. And it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on it. That's why there is no city we can't thrive in. There is no place we can't thrive in. 
You guys are always hearing about some of the crazy impact that we made in Kenya, right? I, let me, I, I saved a photo of a message I received. Can I read it quickly? I saved the photo of it. Anyway, did I save the photo? <laughs> Who sent me photos between now and the time I saved it? You know what? I received a message. Just believe with your heart. <laughs> believe with your heart that there's a message I received. And the message was say it was from Kenya. And the message was like, ha, I finally found the person God used for me to be healed of. And they mentioned some sickness. Then they mentioned the condition and how it, and this was now like two years later. Now, when I went to Kenya the second time, the very night, this spirit approaches me in my sleep. And it asks, who are you? And you know, the, the way the spiritual realm works is this. Knowledge is your advantage. Knowledge is things in the spiritual realm. That's why after Jesus talks about knowledge, he says, whoever has, more will be given. It's things. And he says, who are you and what are you doing here? And it says, I'm the principality from the north. And I looked at it. And I said, in the volume of the books, it is written of me. And I spoke my prophetic name. The miracles we saw. The impact is... I can tell you story after story. Some of you have never heard this one because you've not read The Return from the Mountain. I'm on my way back. The first time I went that side. I'm on my way back and then they are rioting. But I need to get to the airport. And then, and then we are told... We are watching on the news how deadly the riots are. And we are starting off... And we start driving, and the army is running away from the riot with their car broken. Ah, we decreed and declared. Then all of a sudden, a heavy rain comes. And so all the rioters move out of the road. And the moment we reach the airport, the heavy rain stops. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I'm not joking. God, we need to get... Now, I've shared these things with you, but I want you to understand something. Satan is a thief. So how a thief works is this. A thief does not play by the rules. A thief can test your knowledge. A thief can also at times try to use force. So what do we do? That's why we've got weapons. There's what is called law enforcement. So when we are praying for a person to be healed, or if we see a person that uh, a demonic spirit is trying to grab a hold of them and we are releasing them from it, that's not, their deliverance took place 2,000 years ago. We are enforcing it. Because we are the law enforcement. And if something escapes the preaching, it won't escape the doing. Praise God. Next week, when we continue with this, when we continue with this next week, we'll focus more on the aspect of empowerment.
so that you learn how to deal with Satan. Now, first, I want you to speak in tongues for a minute. And as you speak, I want you to absorb this word. Absorb it until it becomes your reality. All of us, Santaka Yebehes. Kalabaka Sotukushke Yebekesakahai. Give thanks to the Father. Give thanks to the Father. Give thanks to the Father who has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Give thanks to the Father. Give thanks to the Father. Roto korebeke shetekelebeke satakalia reketekelebo satakalabaka setekelebeke soto jabaka takalabaka hai jebeketekeleboko sokoto kushakatakalabaha rabaka shoto korebeke sakatakaliaba rakotoko 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 reketekelebo satakalabaka Oh wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.